Alright everybody, welcome back. We're done having all of our fun as we did last week with our fifth anniversary. This week we're getting Starting back. Starting another that. five. This is our next five year plan. That's right. Comrade Stalin would say. We're going into uh, the distant past of 2013 for this movie. Yeah, don't let it be said that we don't try to check out newer movies. This is actually a brand new movie to us. Yeah, brand new. It came out 10 years ago. Right. Uh, I've been hearing a lot on the Twitter about one Mr. Action Twitter about Scott Atkins. People rave about this guy. And I'm going, we're all about giving people a chance. Sure, of course. But we have to hedge our bets because you're probably wondering... Why are you doing Ninja 2? Like, why is that your first Scott Act? Why not Ninja 1? Well, because Ninja 2 has Kane Kazugi, and you know God how much right. respect we have for the Kazugi family in the theater. Sadly, I think we have one show Kazugi movie left, and we've yeah. just been kind of saving it because you do it once and it's right. over. Yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe that's well, part of our. Well, we're technically. There's, there's one that he's just a star of. I think he was in a recent. I think he was in a movie. Ninja Assassin, I think it was. Okay. I think he's a, he's in a small role in that. Movie. Okay. But yeah, that's the last starring. Role. I think I think a part of our uh, post ten year plan is just going to be doing the episodes, starting over the episodes we already did. <laughs> well, it's been so long. Us and the listeners have forgotten everything we said. Exactly. It would be. You know what? We need to do that once just to see if our. Are we our views exactly the same? Or are we totally like a one eighty? Like not because I know for a fact we hated Red Brown in the early days. And I wow, yeah, really? I, I'm pretty sure we shit on him on Howling too. I think that was our first Red Brown. You know movie. what? I think we did. So and then we learned to we love. You see how much growth there is throughout us and the show and yeah. the actors. We, and we the learned movie. just as much as you guys learned. That's right. But I thought about it. I was just like, man, it, we probably should just one time just be like, we're going to redo <laughs> Hero and the Terror. I think about that movie more than I should. Like, what happened with that movie? That had a bathroom lurker, which is great for modern times because Republicans are insane about bathroom lurkers these days. I It had not just Mr. Steve James in a WrestleMania <gasps> uh, baseball app. It also had... Billy Drago is a good guy. Yes, yes, yes. Was Branscombe in that too, or is that a different Chuck I movie? Know, I, I, I thought there I was a know. fight He's, on the dock. Yes, I, I don't know. That might, I think it is Hero in the Terror, but it might not be. See, we have to do that again. <laughs> we, we, we still need to get their kinship today. Also, our notes at that time, like now we're up to these printed out four pages. It you know, was like scrawled, like half literally, uh, like a six inch pad that I scrawled a couple <laughs> like fucking things down on it. We we we, well, we actually had a, we had a memory back then. Now we're we're probably we're probably in long COVID. We don't even know it. And we definitely are. So that's why we can't remember anything. I think I think the whole world is just in a long COVID fog. Actually, yeah, that's and the worst kind. That's why Trump is actually going to be a candidate in 2024 we again. still think it's 2016. Yeah. Or, or 2020, because we, we're going to have two guys that everyone agrees they don't like yes. are going to be the candidates. Yes. Amazing. Yeah. America, you're doing great. Did you see the South Park where Mr. Garrison went back to South Carolina and would rage as because uh, he was the Trump parody in that world? No. So he was going back to South Carolina. His boyfriend's telling him, don't you go into those places anymore. And you're thinking like a gay bar or something because, you know, Mr. Garrison's gay. Cruising bar, if you will. No, it's people in South Carolina were still all hopped up on the Trump train. And so he would walk by and they're like, are we going to rally again? And so the partying was him railing, yelling about Hillary Clinton still, doing all the one-liners that Trump still does today. Mm. 
Can't wait for two years of that. It was good. Oh yeah, it's gonna be fucking garbage. So so all right. So, so we're hedging our bets by like at least we we got our boy, our baby boy, Kane Kazugi. Because if we don't like this guy, um, ultimate. What is your uh? This is our this is our first Scott Atkins. We we're Scott Atkins virgins before this. True. What is your assessment of one Mister Scott Atkins? Well, Murray, you've said it best. With sometimes modern heroes, they're just blank slates. Yeah, for you to project whatever you want onto. Exactly. And I hated his stubbly face. I felt nothing for him. I thought he was a piece of shit in this movie. Great martial artist, though. Yeah, I will give it up to uh, Scott Atkins. He's a legit martial artist. Mm -hmm. And he pulls it off. His shit looks good. It looks... Brutal, like even though where he's, you know, they're not full, full contact, but it looks it. It way. looks really a lot good. of spinning. That's a, a he does like to do the spins. It's very much modern wrestling versus old wrestling. You know, there was just a few fight scenes in the movies we love so much. They're very quick. These are more elaborate, longer form. Lots of spinnings, lots of the kicks where the guy's on the ground and he does like two one eighty flip things and slams his foot into their chest. Yeah, a lot of that shit. And it's cool. Good looks camera good. work. Good yeah. camera work. Not very quick. It doesn't it's not disorienting. It lets, well, it lets the scene breathe. You can actually see, you can actually see that you have you're watching two legit martial artists go at it. Yeah. It's not an actor versus stuntman. Right. Um. I mean, I can't say anything because it's like when we look back at all the fucking action stars of the past, they're ripped to shit too. Because Scott right. is ripped to Scott, shit. Scott, I was getting uh ripped Michael Phelps, the swimmer. Yeah. That's what it looks like to me. Yeah. You know Michael F- Phelps, or especially it, Or kind of like the dude from Friends. You know the one guy? Chandler? No. <laughs> no, 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 Ross? Yes, Ross. <laughs> yeah. Like, from the neck down, he's he's fucking awesome. Like, yeah. I go, that's a fucking action star. Yeah. And then he's up. I will give him, he does not have the wispy English accent, because he is English, that yeah. our man Gary Daniels has. Gary Daniels. Uh, yeah, a little bit. Yeah. He, he, need, he, wasn't full, he wasn't full life, uh, Statham, yeah. but he still had a little bass in his voice. Yeah, he had a little bit of bass. He didn't have any very good lines. Uh, oh. Most of his lines were boring. He was very boring when it came to any kind of delivery. I hated how he wish-washed in between Japanese and English, because the movie... Starts in Japan, goes to Thailand, uh, and he's speaking every language. That felt a little Sagali to me. I wouldn't be surprised if he legit can speak Japanese, though. I yeah. don't know. I don't. I didn't delve into his past, so I don't know. But. Yeah, like the one scene that really stands out as a oh god, is this what I'm preparing myself for? Uh, right in that opening, like scene with his wife. Ah. I need you to go get me Thunder Mountain chocolate. It was Black Thunder chocolate. I th- well, either way, that still sounds like I was like, oh, what is she into? To Black me, yeah, to me, that sounds like something you'd have a brown bandana for. That sounds Black like- Thunder chocolate, like <laughs> yeah, some weird, right. like scat shit. No, yeah, uh, exactly. <laughs> a hanky. Like you give yourself a bunch of uh, X lax. And then it's the, the sex act is Black Thunder chocolate. <laughs> I, it, it does not sound like chocolate. That sounds like a terrible sex act. That is exactly where my brain went. And she yeah. said it in that awful, like, wishy-washy. Was she dubbed? It didn't even sound like it was oh, coming from that woman's no, voice. No, it did not. Like, it was awful. Oh, she got killed early, so. And then he's like, no, I want to do this for you. Well, he's stretching. He's a great father. He, yeah, soon, to be, soon father. to be father. And so when he, when he gets up and then she goes, wait, if you're going to go. And she says something in Japanese and then for the audience, he goes, yeah, 
Seaweed? <laughs> just not good at delivering those. No, no emotion there. Just okay. kind of weird. Well, both, we both agree. I don't know how I feel about him. I don't, I don't hate him enough to hate him, but I don't yeah. like him enough enough to like him. He's exactly. Just, he's there. He, just, he exists in my world. Right. Uh, it's not like I'm like, hey, the next Scott Atkin movie is coming out. I can't wait to see. It's just like, oh. Yeah. Okay. So, but I mean, so if you're a Scott Atkins fan, it's a good sign because we, we're open to doing another Scott Atkins movie. Oh, yeah. But we're not enthused about it. We're going to make fun of him, but hey, we appreciate the fuck out of what he did. Yeah. This is not a movie full of quips and all that garbage. No, it takes itself seriously, and we're always complaining about right. you know, these Marvel movies where it's nonstop quipping. Right. Uh, we, no Bob Odenkirk in here for some reason. Like, you got a good-looking action star doing action yeah. shit. It's 90 minutes. Yeah, I like that. It flows right through. It's, it is a modern version of the action movies we kind of love. It just doesn't really mix in that charismatic character. Yeah, he's got to work on that. Um, but that's yeah, you can well, you can clearly see he's a martial artist first, actor second. Mm-hmm. Kind of like I was getting Chuck Norris vibes off of him because yeah. they, they're the same way. Like Chuck is not charismatic, right? Not a great actor, but he's, his credentials are legit, right? Or they were. He's, he's a fucking feeble old man now. But back in the day. Right. And he also likes to work in, like, the whole tribalism and everything Chuck Norris does. And, you know, he's in touch with other cultures and all that. And that's what Scott's character does in this movie. So I see Chuck, too. There's, of course, a Seagal scene. We'll get there. And I'll I'll tell you, this is a Seagal scene right now. This is a Seagal scene. I already told you about it. You know what I'm talking about. All right. So now we know how we feel about Scott. How do we feel about our baby boy? This is our first ever review of an adult. You know, we he's much like Shan, like Show. Kane is our favorite Kazuki boy. That's we right. loathe Shane. We we were like we had high hopes for Kane, much like Show did, I That's believe. Right. How did Kane? How did he do for you? You know, it was it was good to see him again, yeah. but it's. I have a feeling he got the same operation Jackie Chan did on his eyes because he like they tried to make their eyes look more rounder. Oh, interesting. Because he I, looked like he was like mixed in the movie, like half white, half Asian, but he's not. He's full Asian. So I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he got that. I operation. think you might be right about that. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't really notice that. Uh, I my face was distracted by his goatee. I just <laughs> Murray. I can't. I don't like goatees. Well, we're not going to spoil anything, but I think it played a per, per, important part. I know. Yeah. Well. Yeah. But uh, I no, didn't get he's... enough of him myself. To right. Like, I wanted more. He, he kind of just pops in and out of this movie. Right. He's, he's relegated to kind of the Steve James role of friend. Right. Speaking of Steve James. Now, if we want to improve this movie, we know that fucking Scott Atkins has zero personality. You know charisma. what? Very much due to coffee in. Yeah. Very due to coffee in. That's Except a good Scott point. Atkins can actually fight. Yes. Yeah. But like Dudikoff needed a Steve James. You fucking slap Steve James in this movie. Ooh, is there talking. a modern equivalent of Steve James out there now? Uh, you know what? As I was saying that, I was like, who, who are the black action actors right now? And I was like, you know what? They would get that fucking well, There Kevin- are none anymore. Yeah. It's just like it would be Ice Chadwick Boseman. Like, yeah. He's right. dead. but Or Michael B. Jordan. It'd be like, like oh, they're, they're yeah, not Michael real B. action stars. And the last, right. like, the, I think Michael J. White would be the... Equivalent. He was the guy who played Spawn in the Spawn movie. Oh, I don't. He does. He makes a lot of like straight to video. He's Black Dynamite. 
Oh, nice. Okay. He like would be, guy. I think, the, like the modern, I guess, equivalent to Steve James. He's not as cool as Steve James, but it's he's, hard he's to be fucking that cool. jacked as fuck. You yeah. Know? It's hard to be that cool. It's, again, I'm going to bring it back to wrestling, where it's just like all those fucking BC level movies that, the, you know, Steve James had to work in and everything. You get, to, you get to really fucking figure out who you're bringing to each movie and all that. Whereas nowadays, it's just, I don't know, they just show up and do whatever they want. They film every scene a thousand times, so you're going to get the stalest one. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Um, Steve James would improve this movie, though. Of course he would. Yeah. He would be the, he would, like we were talking about, he would be the guide when he gets to Thailand. He'd be an ex-Vietnam vet who decided right. to stay in Thailand. Yes, and instead of having the taxi cab driver, which... Feeling a little <laughs> sure about how they did that character. We think some people in America think Apu was a negative character. How do you feel about Mike? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was okay with him. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, yeah, but yeah, it. it is, but then we could say every movie could use some Steve James. I don't care what it is. Fucking Godfather. Yeah, Godfather. Fucking oh, two thousand one, a space odyssey. Like, just throw Steve James in there, dude. <laughs> he would be so good at all. You're right. He how? Is. I don't give a fuck what's going on. He would punch the computer, <laughs> rip out that fucking CPU. <laughs> Well, the computer would Who is that? What's that big space baby? What the fuck? I'm sorry to do this joke. The computer would never even see uh, Steve James because, as we know, with technology and AI and everything, they don't know, recognize people of minorities. That's a real thing. Well, they, well, they must be lucky because when AI takes over, black people will be free and will be the slaves. That, They'll be a role reverse. There we go. Um... I don't know what else to say about this movie in this house. You no, know, this has nothing to do with the movie, but i got to talk about it. I've been meaning to talk about it for weeks now. As you guys probably know, the Dalai Lama is a big fan of our show. Oh. We're oh. very, very influential. And I, I feel bad about, because he's a holy man. He is. And I feel bad. He listens to every episode. He gives us a critique. He, he sends it on like a dove like Lance, and it's got a little message on it. It's amazing. And we went a little blue last month with the porno, softcore porn movies. We did. And I feel like and, and I, he told us he listened to all of them, and then right after it, he went and listened to Face Off again. Oh. And I go, oh my God, it makes sense. If you didn't know, Dalai Lama was in the news a few weeks ago. Yes. But asking a young boy to suck on his tongue. Yes. I faced off. I think the face off episode. It, he it. never should have gone back to face off when we got him all amped up with that right. fucking sex thriller mom. Yes, because even, even him, the most holiest of holies, gets horny because we have that power. We can just turn anyone on. Right. I, mean, I don't say the name. It's don't say holiest of holies. That brings back <laughs> horrible episode two memories. <laughs> Kinji take, people. So I, I'm not, I don't think we're never doing Kinji takes. I don't know what the Dalai Lama will do if you're listening Dude, to that one. Yeah, we can't. He's already on thin ice right now. Right. If we do that, he's fucking sunk. So we kind of feel a little bit to blame for that. But we had a talk with him. And yeah. we said, look, Dolly, we call him Dolly. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, Dolly. Uh, rain it in. We even you're you're not even immune to the fog. It's it's universal. We've yeah. All fall fallen prey to the pussy fog, cock smog, whatever your choice of fog. That's all right. And I said I said, take a couple weeks off. Take all right. From doing the Dolly. We're thing. gonna do a Scott Atkins movie. I know you hate you know, he's like, Scott Atkins, who the fuck's yeah. that? And I go, 
Exactly. Exactly. Take it off. He looks like Michael Phelps. Oh, I hate Michael Phelps. Oh, he does a swim. All he does Why is Why is he swim? so depressed? Right. Well, his Olympic career's over. That would be depressing. Yeah, when whole... Dalai Lama's done llamaing, he's going to be sad. He's, no, he's not. He's going to go on to the... You don't, you don't retire from the... You, you, it's the, it's internal. You, you get reincarnated again. It's not like the Pope where you just no. give the hat to someone else. Well, what are you talking about? That's rare. That was the first time that ever happened was when the, the, Nazi, the Nazi Pope gave it to the, the one that we all <laughs> love right now. Nazi Pope? Yes, he was, in, he was a Nazi youth. He was forced to be into it. Oh, okay, okay. But, I mean, he was a kid at the time. Man. But, yeah. And uh, no, that's not. That's rare. Usually, it's a for life. It's like Supreme Court. It's for life. Oh, okay. That's really working out for us in America. Oh yeah, yeah. That's cool. All right. I got it. I got to tell you one thing. Okay. The mall has not changed. I'm not surprised. Well, I, I'm, I'm sure it has changed. That nobody goes there anymore. Dude, I went to I went to Somerset though. Kayla's like we for got everyone to you know that that's the rich people mall. Yeah. Here. I, I've never been in it. I've, I just. Felt intimidated. I forgot that I had been in there because I had to pick up TVs there when I was doing the home theater business. Um, it sucks still. And there, what, what was that all about? Do you really not want to hear this? <laughs> you fucking just kicked it. Yeah. I, I sent Murray a picture. One of the earliest jokes me and Murray used to have together was Richard Spencer. The sex, sexy... Now Richard Spencer, I believe, is a serial killer. Oh, uh, shit. This is... Uh, Richard Golden. Golden, yeah. Yes, the sexy specs, man, who makes you feel like dancing. Yeah, well, they, nobody knows what we're talking about because this is Detroit. Detroit, yeah. But, yes. yeah, his whole shtick was he's a total dork. By the way, my brother-in-law in the late 80s caught him doing coke in the bathroom of a restaurant he worked at. Hey, at least but, it wasn't crack out of a light bulb. No. And his whole rap was sexy specs. This guy's there's nothing sexy at all. <laughs> nothing. About he was a classic uh, weekend biker type guy. Yep. You know, like he loved wearing his leather, puts his leather jacket on, rides his Harley just on the weekends. Yep. And he would dance, and it was the most painful white guy dance. And like, oh my god, like. If know. he was a child, it'd if be adorable. If we ever put this on YouTube, we're going to put up Yeah, we'll that, try to find well, a it. Little gif. If we, get me a gif of him dancing. Yeah, I, could, I might be able to find you. Because, yeah. I mean, last time we tried to look for it, it was literally <laughs> like 15 years ago. The infancy of uh, YouTube and everything. Yeah. We might be able to find that. It oh, gives yeah, people a little little taste of Richard. Yeah. But that was great. Malfa- like That was the first time I've been around a bunch of like people that weren't at a concert. And it's just like the fashion trends today were... Terrible. No one's got taste. Everyone just follows blindly along. Look at us. We just wear the same shit all the time. We're yeah. timeless. You look at a picture from you 15 years ago, you'd be like, Murray's still wearing the Dinky Doo shirt. Yeah, and it's probably, yeah, these exact same clothes I had 10 years ago. That's it. That's all you got to do. I'm old. I don't want to really keep up with fashion. That's right. I'm almost 50. Like, I'm going to start wearing, dressing like a kid. No, I just think it's depressing for people who just try to follow those trends constantly. It's like figuring out Are there trends? Like it seems like everyone's just stuck in a holding pattern for the past 20 years. Like, and that's the one thing. Like, if this movie came out 10 years ago, I if you told me it came out two years ago, I'd believe you because everything looks the same. Don't. You yeah. cannot say that about the 20th century. If you saw, if it was 87. You showed me a movie from 82, totally different. I could tell if that movie came You're out. Right. Yeah. So for some, some when the, the millenniums changed, everything just stopped. Well, I mean, we're all dealing with the same marketplace. You talked about, I mean, we've got a lot more. Only thing I've seen that's different is, is that black guys finally wear skinny jeans now. Black guys were holding on to baggy jeans for 30 fucking years. <laughs> and now they're wearing, thanks to Kanye, I think, they started wearing skinny jeans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's the only difference I've seen. 
don't know. They're, uh, it was a very interesting crowd. We didn't realize it was Mother's Day, so we ended up there the day before Mother's Day, so it was fucking packed to the gills. So many fucking people, all kinds of different bullshit fashions and everything. It was the most people watching I've got to do in a long time, so it was uh, it was something. But you know what's always in a mall, Murray? Movie theater? Think food court. Oh. Orange Julius. That's a good guess. Mrs. Fields. Oh my God! I thought Mrs. Did he still have Mrs. Fields? I remember when that was new, and it was like, oh my God, gourmet. Yep. Fucking chocolate chip cookies. When everything else in your world's changing, go back and watch our uh, watch Time Cop. Listen to our episode. Even in that mall, there's a Mrs. Fields in the past and the future. Mrs. Fields is timeless too. No, she's like a iconic. Like you know, Colonel Sanders or something. Like we forget yeah. that she was a real person at one time. Do you have a single good mall memory? I probably have too many. I can't remember. Really? No, I don't. Oh, I don't, okay. I don't remember. I no, I don't. I mean, we went there when it's you know when you're a teenager. That's all you could do. Yeah. So, I I mean I just. Livonia Mall had a movie theater in it, and that was... We all did, yeah. Yeah, exactly. But that was the movie theater we used to always go to. And so that's where I got to see all my Van Damme and Seagal movies. I saw a double feature, to take you back to a couple weeks ago, a double feature at our the Pontiac Mall's theater of Clash of the Titans and Swamp Thing. There you go. It was on my birthday. Ray Wise Swamp Thing? Well, of course Ray Wise Swamp Thing. Oh, God. Ray it was on Wise. my birthday, so... That's why it was a Clash of the Titans because it had been out for like a year, so yeah. they just tacked it on for a double feature. We didn't know. <laughs> and I was like, "Wow, we get to see Clash of the Titans too!" You know, it's pretty Fuck cool. yeah, man. That's 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 my my greatest that's a mall good, moment. That's perfect. Now let's give people what they want at the mall—a trailer. All right, everybody, here it goes. Ninja Two. This is very unsegal. It, it's a segal title, yet not a segal title because it's too wimpy sounding. Ninja 2, Shadow of a Tear. This known Goro taught his men how to kill the barbed wire. He's somewhere inside the jungles outside Rangoon. I'm going after him. You're going to Burma. It's suicide. It's justice. Goro's territory, isn't it? Hit me. Where's Goro? Why are you asking about Goro? This makes you a target. I'm telling you to live. A man who seeks revenge should dig two graves. A lot more than that. Everybody, we are back in World War II. A narrator is describing a nasty they scene. They do a little thing to make it look like an old-fashioned newsreel. They make yeah. it like black and white. They got the transatlantic voice. Hey there, folks. Right. Transatlantic. I think that's what they call that Mid-Atlantic. Voice? Mid-Atlantic? Call okay. It? I don't know, but uh, <laughs> we're in Burma. And we're on a mission in Burma. Yeah. Burma. 
The only way I remember Burma is from a Tom Waits song, Burma Shave. I remember the band Mission to Burma. Mission to Burma. But, uh, so apparently we did not know. My grandfather actually did, was in the Pacific during World War II, and he never related stories of ninja, but apparently ninjas were all over the Pacific. Just crawling. Like tarantulas. They were doing a Pacific Rim job, and they were killing off our soldiers. I thought we said we weren't good. Oh, Dalai Lama's not listening this week. You can't talk about a Pacific Rim job without exciting the Dalai. He's a horny guy. That's right. Because he doesn't fuck. El Dalai. And so, yeah, apparently ninjas were all in World War II. That's That's a story that hasn't been told. The power just flashed in my house. I'm sorry. So now Mailhouse is scared. That's how attuned to this house my dog is. She's afraid when the lights flicker. Spirit of a ninja. That's right. <laughs> I'm sorry. What's... So just, I don't. Uh, so we're <laughs> setting up later on that there's a ninja graveyard in Burma. Yes. But so we just see ninjas attacking American soldiers. Oh, they were attacking Americans. Yeah. I could not figure. Well, it could this... be Australians. I don't know. Whoever was fighting in yeah. that area. I. I. I... I realized I couldn't figure out a lot of this movie when I was watching it a second time. I was like, oh, I missed that. So now we go to the dojo. Do Kagago Kajagugugo dojo? Is that what it was called? <laughs> it was like four syllables, which Koga. is way more than me, more than I can remember. And it's being led by our man Casey, played by Scott Atkins. Perfect name for him. He has a Casey face. Casey, yeah. I. It's either that or... Chad, I guess. And he's teaching the Asian people about their culture, about their martial arts. I don't... That's is, he a, is he a ninjutsu? I guess he would be in this movie, be a ninjutsu expert. They almost seem to do like the old ninja movie thing where they were just like, ninja? No one's ever heard of ninja. What the fuck? Like, that seemed to be the, the response everybody had to ninjas. So he calls up one of his students, uh, Namiko. Namiko. Yeah. And a female, and he there. He's he's. We learned that uh, that Casey's an expert in the bow staff. That's Correct. his. That's his weapon of choice. Yeah, and he gives her a bow staff and directs her to attack him. So of course he's gonna do the sensei thing. He's gonna evade every. Well, because he tell he talks about there's three phases of engagement. Yes, please. Reaction, confrontation, and preemption. So just throw those all away because uh, 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 this is the only scene it applies to. He's also speaking in Japanese, if I didn't say that earlier. I did mention that he speaks in like five different languages. Back and forth. He goes back and forth. There will be a question he starts to answer in Japanese, and then he'll switch to English in the middle of it. They call that Spanglish when you do it with Spanish and English. Is it Japlish? Japlish. If you do Japanese and Nipplish. Englandese. I like Nipplish, but that also makes me think of other things. Well, yeah. Yeah. But uh so she he's just deflecting every fucking move she's doing. He's preempting, he is in reacting, he's confronting, he's I th- doing it all. So I think this is one of the scenes where not seeing Ninja One hurt us. I don't know. I don't believe this. I, this I thought there's that, anything. The only thing that connected the connective tissue of these movies are the guy named Casey. <laughs> okay. I don't believe there's anything that we needed to see in the first movie. Because I, I thought there was flashbacks that were happening that weren't just like to no. this story. Well, he was having flashbacks of things he's never seen. Yeah. But no, these this was all flashbacks of this movie. Okay. 
No, I believe I totally believe it was one of those things they had a script lying around and they're just like, just call it Ninja Two. Apparently Ninja One made some money or something. So oh. like just call it Ninja Two. Classic eighties thing to do. Yeah. Right. We were just talking about hard target too. So he handles her pretty easily. She's a woman after all. Come right. On. Stands over her and then says something about if she'll marry him in English so that Japanese students doesn't understand them? No, I think they all understand. They're happy. So their sensei is going to marry his, his love, Namiko. Namiko. So, all right, cut to, they, I guess they're married now. They've been married for a couple years. Yeah, there is a weird flash. flash do, it, do like a production effect or something to let us know time has passed. Yeah, it's kind of all over. Well, they do. They make things black and white when it's a flashback. So they do that. They do that. Flash but forwards, they don't do anything. They don't do anything to help us. And so we flash forward at least nine months. We know that. Yeah, he's at the he's at the mall of in uh, where in Japan. They're Tokyo, in Japan, Tokyo. correct? We'll say Tokyo, and or maybe it's Osaka. I don't know. And he's at the Zales of Osaka. Yeah, that's right. Tails. Tails, what they call it. Yeah. Okay. Just switch the Z to a T. And he's looking at some jewelry for his lady love, Namiko. I love this. Think about this spread of jewelry. You got the diamond encrusted shit, you know, the expensive yeah. stuff. And then in the middle, it's the three little, uh, three bears technique here. In the middle, you got like, you know, the nice, but not quite very fancy, a simple chain with a diamond on it. And then he's like drooling over the last option floss for the necklace part and then some dangly like gold token yeah, that's gigantic it was very not feminine looking at all oh it was, yeah. it was a giant medallion yeah but it wasn't made out of any precious stones or, or metals it was like wood yes it it might as well have been a stolen hood ornament and yeah and it but it had the what's Kanji, what's the word for the I symbols? Think, well, there's like three of those things. There's like kanjis or something else, but let's go with kanji because we're idiots. We're gaijan. Uh, yes, we are gaijan. <laughs> it, it's, and it's, the, the symbol says happiness. That's what it stands for. I love how elated the fucking women, though. Because uh, they wish they had a man with stubble that would get them that necklace. Right. He, they, they think that women are like, do you think we're all about diamonds? No. This is this one has a lot of heart behind exactly. it. Exactly. They, they It's get a hockey that. puck with this uh, fucking kanji etched into <laughs> it. Watch the NHL tonight at 8 p.m. <laughs> Big in Japan. That might hockey. not apply. Um, yeah, the girls who are like dressed up in like full on like pantsuits and well, everything. They're in the summer, the Japanese summer set. Exactly, uh, they are. <laughs> it did look like it. It's, but it's, it's the uh, but it's there. Is that sun isn't setting because they're in the land of the rising sun. That's right. The so sun, it's a summer up. Or summer the, upper. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so the girls are like, "Oh my god, you're gonna you like this one? It's Japanese for." Happiness. And, what, and he's like, I'll take it. And he pulls this giant wad of fucking yen out. And we see some goons outside noticing that wad. Oh, yeah. He notices them noticing his wad. You literally see the hairs on the back of his neck stand up. His spidey senses are tingling. So he's like, all right, I guess I got to handle these goons. So they get, you know, it's really classy. They put the necklace in a crown royal bag. That's right. Oh, I'm sorry. Crown Royal bags, everybody knows, maybe eight inches top to bottom. They got the deluxe the, Crown Royal bag. These are Japanese. Books, yeah. So, uh, so they serve it in a fucking foot-long bottle. Right. It's not as wide. It's yeah, narrow. It's just, I don't, I don't know why. Just the, it's their aesthetic choice. Yeah, that's like right. It. 
And so he's like, wow, that's going to make it even classier. Crown Royal bottle, nice velvet, purple velvet. What do I What do I do with this? And they're like, we think you know what to do with that. So he walks out. He knows those goons are watching. So he's like, I got to take this. I, I don't want to make a commotion out. So I'm going to take it down back alley, that's take right. care of these guys, that's and then right. go on with my business. He's not. Look, he is a married man. He's about to be a dad. He's very responsible. He's not looking for trouble. So he finds, you know, uh, you start cutting down alleys and everything. Jumps up on an awning. This is amazing. We've well, seen, he's a ninja. Yeah, we've seen Kobe Bryant jump over a car. Uh, yeah, he jumps 14 feet flat-footed onto an awning. And those guys, they come out and they're like, where, you, where did you go? And so they just they, run right by him? Uh, yeah, why, he want, he's he's reacting, he's confronting, he's preempting. Yeah, you know what? I'm sorry. I, I didn't realize how much he did live by those three rules. Yeah, th- yeah three fra- phases of engagement. That's right. He hops back down thinking, well, coast clear. I'm going to go back home now. And there's just some random guy who just happens to be walking yeah, I thought out. He was work- yeah, I thought he was part of their gang or something. I thought he was, No, he's too. just a random dude. Yeah, you go back and watch that clip again because that guy's he was acting so casey hits the ground and this guy in his fedora and cholo button shirt for some reason (laughs) he's bringing style to japan he's like ah no one's fashionable like me he literally flails every limb (laughs) hey guy john don't do that oh boy you scared me and then the guy's they turn around and they're like, "Hey, there's that guy we were following." So that guy just goes on his way. He, he walks right by it, just like, I, "I fuck this. I don't want anything to do with this." And then Casey's forced to fight, and it's a cool fight. I mean, he uses the Crown Royal bag a lot in it to deflect knives and shit. Yeah, he's like avoiding the knife, then using the satchel to wrap their arm and like toss him over his shoulder and everything like that. It's cool. It's a good fight. There's nothing we could say. A guy we comes do- at him, just lunges them with a knife. He wraps the Crown Royal bottle, not, not the bottle, the bag, around bag. The, his wrist, and he notices there's another symbol. There's a lot of symbolism in this yeah. movie, literally. Yeah. And he, he notices it on the hilt of the, of the knife. Right. And then he just takes the guys out. He disarms the guys, beats the shit out Le- of them. Yeah, leaves them alive. He's not, he's not up to murder today. He's no. you know just trying to get back home. So later on, he said he's telling Namiko his wife, "Yeah, I can believe it. When I was I was out at at Summer Up Mall, and these goons attacked me. You should have called the cops. What are they going to? And he had the right response. What are they going to do? Because cops ain't going to do shit. That's right. Cops are just there to clean up messes. They're not there to prevent anything. They they know nothing about the three phases of engagement. They might as well be animal control. They might as well be. And she's like, I don't know. I think you should have called. And he's like, Look." You know what? I think you're right about something. And you're like, oh, wow, he's actually going to listen to his wife and call the cop. I think you're right. I need to give you something. I, I don't know what that swerve was. It was weird. And she's like, oh, my God, it's exactly what I wanted. A big it hockey means puck. happiness. Again, we did mention this briefly. Namiko... Uh, apparently was completely dubbed by some person who just walked into a studio for $5 or something. Right. So no emotion in her voice ever, even though the actress on set has clearly like joy in her eyes. Yeah. And they embrace and they make sweet, sweet love. 
We've done a lot of thrillers. This is the first time we've encountered the Sveetsen scale in a does while. She re- does he know she's pregnant, or is she revealing this scene that she's No, I, I, I'm pretty sure he knew. Okay. Because, I, I mean, they start getting down. He's like, man, I can't eat another bite. And he's, she, she was like, well, you're going to need to feast on something. And that was the best interlude into the Sveetsen scale I've ever seen. But it still only ranks, like, what, four on it for me? Two for me. I mean, it's. I mean, we know we've seen enough Asian movies that they're very. Um, they don't like to throw it out in your face. There's not a lot. No, a lot of like Jackie Chan thinks ever gotten fucked in a movie. Yeah, Asian people just don't fuck in movies. Right, they keep it private. So they cut away. They leave it to our imagination. They don't even give us like any kind of skin here. Uh, Namiko's wearing a shirt, a sweater, a coat. Pants over a dr- uh, under a dress, and this is galoshes. F- what was that about? Galoshes. Like, they take their shoes off. I don't know why. It's like you take your shoes off in a Japanese home, right? Exactly. He points it out a million times. He's always taking his shoes off. <laughs> He's always taking his. Sh- they cut to him taking his <laughs> shoes off. That's like right. the reverse Quentin Tarantino, where instead of showing the feet, they just show the shoes. I didn't get that. All birds too. Mall shopper. So okay, they're they're banging. We, they're they're done banging. They're sleeping. <laughs> Namiko wakes him up. Honey, I have craving for black thunder chocolate. <laughs> and he's like, "What? Now? All right." Again, it, it sounds incredibly. <laughs> you're thinking the speeds and scale just got a fire lit under its asshole. No. And he's like, "Is there anything else you want?" He's gonna go down to the corner store. Well. Seaweed. Seaweed. They're talking in Japanese for that whole sea uh, uh, conversation, and then he switches to English. They go, seaweed? Because remember, that's a joke, because pregnant women are always, for some reason in movies, they're always eating crazy combinations of food. But that seems like a... That doesn't seem like it'd be that crazy because it is chocolate and seaweed. I thought it would just be kind of the salty and sweet thing. I don't know. I wouldn't want to eat seaweed, period, but... Eh, It's all right. No, it's not. All right, so Casey, of course, being the dutiful husband that he is, he and goes, soon to be father, is like, I will go the, get that for you, honey. He goes to the Sensei Eleven down at the corner, of course, and he put the show, putting his shoes on. They literally do show him putting his shoes on as he goes there to go, and then he's buying the shit, and then he's like, "Fuck, I forgot my goddamn wallet." Okay, we'll get when we get to the end of the scene. I got to bring this back around. All right. So we cut over to the house as he's like. I forgot my wallet, and we see that Namiko is just up now. She's reading in the dark, which is fucking she, she, damaging well, her eyes. She's reading the latest uh, Dragon Ball Z manga. manga. Yeah, that guy hasn't died yet. And we see uh, the silhouette because remember they got the every. What's up with like? Do they, do they really have paper walls in fucking Japan? How does that? How do you stay not like? Cold. I mean, we had to survive in the winter with like paper. Fucking Aren't they wall. just interior doors though? I don't know. I just. I think they're just interior I, doors. I, well, interior. not Dolph's house that he made in the showdown little Tokyo. But with. Dolph is trying to lure people into his sense of style, and he's trying to convince them that's what's going on. All I know is we see a shadowy cre- creature, creature, character lurking. Cretin. All right, so Casey realizes he doesn't have his wall. He's like, I'll be back. And as soon as he gets home, he finds Namiko dead. How long do you think that transaction would have taken him? 
I don't know. It depends on how far away the Sensei Eleven is. It's just like the whole idea of him getting all the way to the store, buying the items. He reads the label for like five minutes, and then he's getting ready to buy it. And then he goes, "Oh, I gotta go home." You think like halfway into it or something, the walk, the journey, he would have been like, "Oh, I forgot my wallet." You no, know, sometimes you just forget, you know. It, it but is. it's just weird because it buys him like five seconds. He was at the end, ready to go back, and. I don't know. Oh, you, I, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just fussy. Yeah, you are. You're nitpicking. Nitpicking. But she has unique marks on her neck. She's got like barb marks around her throat. Like she's been strangled, but they were like by barbed wire. Yeah, John Moxley style. Not. I don't know how she died by this because there's no blood pouring out of it. You see the marks, but there's no blood. Like, oh. It was a beautiful death. Maybe she just had a heart attack. Could be she's a weak little heart. So he calls the police. They're like, hey, do you know anybody that would want to harm your wife? He's like, nobody, you know. Well, did you see, like, anything that's been stolen in your house or anything? No, You notice nobody stole that shitty necklace. That's right. Everything has been untouched in his house. His There's whole just manga dead... collection is still that's in pristine. Right. His fucking Godzilla toys on the shelf that's not right. been touched. None of his Funko Pops. That's right. And he's like, they stole everything. And then he just breaks bad right there. We go over to the funeral, and Casey's sitting down. The guy's doing some kind of cool limerick or something up there. I don't know. I was Irish, but that's what that's what they were doing. Uh, going through the whole funeral procession, Casey's right at was the front. That her ashes or salt? What was that? I, I hope it was salt, <laughs> because that'd be interesting if they immediately cremated her for her funeral so you could dip your hands in her. I mean, we do know that Thai people, according— Snort it. According to a great movie, um, Kickboxer, Thai people do love dipping their hands into things. Remember, that's how that movie ended, was they were dipping their hands in the glass. So right. that might be a Thai tradition. So maybe, well, we're in Jap- Japan right now. Yeah, I don't know They're what to different. think of this. But yeah, dipping his hands in the sand and just feeling the grid on his uh, you know, fingers. And then he feels a presence behind him, a, someone he hasn't seen in years. Nakabara 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 played by Kane Kazuki Griff his he already was saying there's something I don't like about that guy it was his goatee he looked pretty sinister to Griff I was still I was so happy to see Kazuki yeah that I was okay with it yeah oh you lived through the 90s you saw goatees every fucking day yeah, I might so have had one at one time oh boy and so I want evidence of that it was the fucking law in the early 90s you had to have <laughs> didn't have for line I, I don't I don't like you, facial hair so yeah. like after like a couple months I gotta shave it off yeah. but um, yeah I did have a goatee at one time but it was it was pre like when it got really big oh the original hipster Murray. I, was, I had a goatee and a beret before everybody else. <laughs> no, I never had a beret. <laughs> I was wearing but. flannel before the grunge kids. Everybody was. It wasn't like a big fucking thing. Like it became a fashion thing. People just wore flannel shirts. It I know like a... flannel shirts are just good shirts. So yes, it is his friend Nakabara, his senpai, and yeah, I'm sorry, I got it confused with sensei. I for some reason I thought he would taught him at one point, but they're supposed to be contemporaries. Yeah, what does that mean? It means like probably brothers. Yeah, sure. yeah, exactly. And we learn they go to the park, and they're talking, catching up. And we learn that Nakabara lives in Thailand now. 
and he's like, "You need to get over this, man." Right. You, I, you, I feel for you. I didn't realize you guys were so close. I didn't realize you got married. And then he brings up that. Uh, well, there is ties to. He has ties to Namiko because I believe, if I remember right, his father and her father started a dojo together. Yes. So he knew. That's why he was there. He knew. That's about, right. You know. That so the they they kind of knew each other because uh, Nakabi Nakabi oh Kane tells us that uh, Nakami was like a sister to him, right. and so I heard sister, so I started writing my notes like, oh, that was his sister. I got that wrong, like a sister to him. Yes. And then Casey's like, look, the cops believe it was a random thing, but I don't believe that this was a fucking, this was personal. I need to get revenge. And Nakabara's like, look, no. Get your chi in order. Get your chakras lined up. Come to me to Thailand. Come with me to Thailand. Empty that foul spirit that's inside of you into some training. We're going to build you back up. Yeah. He starts reciting some poetry that just right over Casey's head. He's, he's enraged right now. Right. He's, his in, the, he's is, in the first stage of grief. His stubble is his an anger. eighth of an inch longer than usual. Yeah. So he looks like shit. Yeah, yeah, Casey. Can you like shave for your wife's fucking funeral? Looks like fucking shit, Casey. And so he's like, "No, I have unfinished business. I can't go to Thailand with you." Boom. Where are bad guys, Murray? I haven't seen a single bad guy in this movie well, yet. Oh, when you go to Myanmar, formerly Burma, you see a lot of bad guys. And this is where we see like, it's like a compound, and we see this guy rolling in. He's in a good mood. He's meeting his boss, Goro. And he's brought in. Goro is like, you remember that mission two years ago? Oh, yeah, yeah. What? Well, I remember the shipment being a little light. Do you know anything about that? Well, the guys might have, you know, taken an apple or two out of the crates. (laughs) They may have, but they're all dead now. And then the guy starts break he because he knows he's got caught. He knows he was skimming off the top. Right. These are drug dealers. They're not selling apples, everybody. Selling heroin. Selling heroin. The kind you smoke out of light bulbs. And this was pretty cool. The weapon, the kill weapon, which mm-hmm. we it looks kind of familiar. We just saw it, the results of it in the last scene. It's a whip. It's like it's. I don't know what they call it in ninjutsu. Yeah, they it's ma- the chain with the weight on the end of it. Um, Kane does say the name of it at one point, but yeah. I fucking missed it. Yeah, but it's like a weighted chain, and he yeah, they spin it around, choke people and shit with it. But this one, it's like a whip with barbs on it, like barbed wire. It's not. It's not barbed wire. It's like yeah. a leather, th- like leather strap with barbs on it. Right, just and, woven into it, and he rips it around the guy's neck. And they're like, all right, this guy be the guy that killed Namiko because he uses that fucking whip. That's right. They built it up. They did a great job with the first scene, the murder scene, the evidence, and then this guy. So you're like, okay, that's all right, our guy. people, this is our villain. All right, we got everything set. Uh, now we're going back to Casey, and he's with his students, but he's still in his street attire, and he's talking to one of his students, and he's asking him, what fucking dojo does the triple kick? Right, because he he suspects it was those goons that tried to rob him behind the murder of his wife, and he remembered the triple kick this guy used. Right from from the alley fight. Yeah. Okay. And this guy's like, "That's his. That's the Izuma Dojo. That's their move. The triple kick. I okay. thought you would know that." Come on. Well, they're on the wrong side of town, 
Case, uh, Sensei, please don't go over there. He goes over there. Doesn't matter. He's a man with a mission. before he goes home, and he has his shrine to Namiko, and he pulls off his wedding ring, and he's like, because he'll never get married again. That was the love of his life. That's right. Puts it down. I will get revenge for you. So he goes to the dojo. We know he means business, Griff, because he get he's wearing his new balances. His fucking fly ass. Murray, you're living in the past. Those are all birds. All birds. That's what the mall people wear now. Okay. He's been shopping at the summer up a summer upper. What did we call it? The sun up. The sun up. Summer up mall. <laughs> summer up. All I know is I heard a very familiar sound. This is the sound. You mean business when you hear this sound. That's right. The Velcro straps are off. Fucking. You'll never kill Velcro shoes. No one. No. That timeless. Yeah. Timeless. I remember when those were new. That was a, that was a big deal. Yeah. That was cool. Now they're like totally the uncoolest thing you could ever have. But they were cool well, when I was like in fourth grade. They're reserved basically for children and elderly yeah. now. <laughs> so they will become cool to girl ironic women in their late 30s. Yeah, if people can wear Crocs, they can wear Velcro. That's true. Because Crocs are the ugly. I mean, have you seen those Yeezy shoes? No, but I'm sure they're awful. They look like ri- ridiculous. Like they you look. Know, like I don't want to get off on a side track. You're right, but. No, I'm gonna get off on the side. Oh, okay. I'm gonna. I need to get some new like tennis shoes. I just want some leather shoes. Just nothing. No bells and whistles. Some fresh black Reeboks. You can't find them anymore. Everything's like that plastic mesh shit, like that rubber oh. mesh shit, and they're the worst shoes. I buy them at like Costco for my dog walking shoes. Cause I don't give a shit. Like, because yeah. I wear them, I wear the soles out like really quickly. Those are the old balances. And Excuse me, New Balance. What I hate about those mesh shoes is you just walk through some wet grass and your feet are soaking wet. Yeah. Like, because they're mesh. Yeah. Just want some leather shoes. Can we do that and make them not like $200 or something? And make them not look like baby booties, too? That's what I don't like about tennis shoes now. I just want just a generic shoe. I don't want baby booties on my feet. Weird. Oh, I know which one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like the Yeezys. Those are kind of like that. The Yeezys are fucking weird. There's holes all over them and everything. They're Crocs. That look like they've gone through a NASCAR race. And then there was these Crocs I saw that look like bubbly formations all over them. So they look like, uh, I don't know, milk foaming. Fucking weird. People, I was sure we were going to get this done in 90 minutes. But sorry, this is Golden Globe hey, Theater. Hey, we're still, we're still we right on track. got three pages to go. Still right on track. So he immediately just starts attacking these guys. After honoring them by taking his Velcros off. Yeah. But yeah, he start. He's like, I got questions. They surround him, and he's like, Fine, I'll beat the answers out of you. And he handles them pretty easily. He just destroys them. It's a good fight scene. You know? Again, a good fight. We don't do fight scenes. It's a good, good fight job. scene. Yeah, this is on Tubi. If you want to see it, yeah, oh, free. Get an ad blocker. Get on there. But he free. does he get a lead or he just yes. okay that. These guys are going to be at a restaurant. The goons that he's been looking for. He's looking they for are, so Apparently, they were a part of this dojo. Right, exactly. He did manage to find the right dojo, but we do remember that he saw that certain symbol. He's not seeing that symbol here, but he does learn where these goons are, and he that is his lead, at least where he's going to get out some more frustration. So later in the night, he sees the goons at this restaurant. He's outside. He has the waitress bring that chunky, ugly necklace. Happiness. Lay it on there. Like, 
Some guy Jin asked me if I he's like, what the fuck is this? Guy Jin asked me if I would put this on your table. They turn. He's got his fucking nose pressed against the window, just fogging it up, drawing eyebrows <laughs> into the fog so it looks how angry he actually is. And they're like, let's get the fuck out of here. That crazy guy Jin. So they take off. They, they I'm surprised for goons. They paid the bill. They put the money down. They gave it. They gave. I think it was twenty five percent tip, which is pretty fucking good. Which is incredible because Japan doesn't use the tipping system. Exactly. That's America only. So exactly. Uh, I think what he was thinking that uh, they helped him out with was a secret exit because they go out the back way. Right. And what they don't understand is uh, Casey's a backdoor man. Yeah, he's waiting there for them, and they're like, "Hey, we don't want any trouble." Well, you found trouble. And they start fighting. Casey hacks one of the guy's hands off. With the little knife that he stole from them. Because he yeah. stole the knife from the guy and then hacked his hand off. Yeah. He's he's fucking pissed off. That's right. And he... Did he, did he just kill him? He doesn't ask him anything? Like, he thinks... He basically thinks the, the, the trail ends here. These guys killed my wife. Right. right. And I thought he picked up evidence. All he does after he kills both of them, he's just getting his little thrill kill to, you know, calm himself. Because as we learn in a little bit here, that's all he needs. That That's his rush. He doesn't drink. He fucking murders people. Uh, so he kills these two guys, goes in their pocket, and takes back his little happiness medallion. So why? I don't... So yeah, so he's like, he problem solved. He's like, now I'm going to go hang out with my boy Nakabara. Right. I've, you know... There is no lead here. It's just, yeah, yeah. I murdered these people because... They, they kill- tried to rob me one time. No, he he believes they killed his wife. So he believes case closed. Oh yeah, yeah, you're right about that. So he's like, now I now I can you know finally hang out with Nakabara and have some fun. So he goes to Thailand, and we go to the Nakabara compound. They're doing the katas out on the lawn because nature, you know, nature. You got to train in nature. You have to. One guy notices him and looks over, flashes him a thumbs up, and then he looks to the stairs where we see Nakabara coming down, and he's like, oh, my good friend Casey's here. And he's like, let me introduce you to my two best students and two guys, and they're told, all they've heard is Nakabara talk about Casey, and they're so impressed. Like, oh, my God, that's the Casey? The Casey? And he's just like, you know, we learn... Why Nakabara's in Thailand? He's like, look, I'm here to honor my father after World War II. Can we? All right. <laughs> Kane Kazuki is my age, all right? My grandfather fought in World War II. How are there all these people's fathers being in World War fucking II? I mean, I guess it's physically possible for yeah. an old man to have a young kid, but I don't know. It seems kind of strange, all these elderly guys having... Because Nakimo's even younger than me, I'm assuming... And her father fought in World War II as well. Right. I, what I'm interested in is if in 20 years when we're still doing modern stories and we want to have some kind of relation to a war, if they go, your great-great-grandfather uh, was in World War II and somehow that still affects us today. Well, that's why we need to have wars every few decades so we can have veterans of these wars. Because even Vietnam vets are like 70 now. Yeah. So thank God for the Afghan war. Because right. now we can have a guy with a background in a war. That's right. We need it. So he's telling, he's he's talking about his father was uh, here like in World War II. He was in Burma. He was part of that secret unit of ninjas that we talked about at the very beginning of the movie. Right, our little cold opening. And as they're talking, FedEx guy shows up with a package. And we're not supposed to notice anything about this. Right. In fact, Griff didn't even put it in his notes. I had to put it in there. He just puts down a package. He's like, put it there, put the package there, and the guy just walks off. And that's it. 
But I, my, I said something told me back in my brain that's gonna pay off later on. So I put it in my notes. Well, I just thought it was interesting because FedEx fucking delivers it to his office. We can't even get FedEx to not drop the package off in the road. <laughs> I live on a busy fucking road. You live by in, a, in a gated community, according to your, your <laughs> FedEx delivery man. That was the best part. The guy said, I couldn't get in his gate. <laughs> yeah. I have no gate. Yes. There is no gate on this He block. just didn't want to drive down a long driveway is all he didn't want to do. And so Murray lost his comics for the <laughs> yeah. week. For the month. <laughs> So, all right, so now we know why Nakabara is in Thailand. So now we're we're uh, doing some more training, and we learn the Nakabara code. He's like, what is our code? No code. What is our way? Anyway, we thrive in the shadows while others perish in the sun. It's some hardcore shit. It's some Cobra Kai level shit. Yeah, uh, I heard that second view, and I was like, oh, wow, that is not a baby face fucking no, uh, mantra. That's totally evil ninja shit. Huh. So, but Casey brushes it off. He's just yeah. like, that sounds cool. Well, he's enraged now, so he probably uh, is like, that's kind of fucking badass. And he's going to be stepping up. He's going to spar with the top student. Yeah, he's going to do a little demonstration with his bow staff. Yeah, little Lucas. And they're, they're going back and forth. It's a nice back and forth match. Lucas is holding his own. Right. Um, You know, Casey does eventually start controlling the fight, so... Uh, Lucas decides to take it up a notch and grabs one of those wooden swords, a boken, I think is what they're called. Uh, And he comes at Casey with it, and Casey's defending and dodging and everything. Uh, Disarms him. I think he gets the sword but shows mercy and stops himself and thinks that, you know, Nakabaro's going to call the match right there, but he doesn't. So Lucas, in this weird pause, punches... Uh, 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 Casey in the face. I thought they were like struggling, like like Casey had him like was pressing the. That's not what I saw. Okay, I don't remember. So. Yeah, okay. I saw it where it was. He showed mercy. He paused, and then uh, okay, so he gets a little cheap shot in, and yeah. he even admits it. He was like, "It's a reflex." Oh shit, sorry. Yeah, and then it enrages fucking Casey. That's right. Casey almost kills fucking Lucas. He's just beating the shit out of him. That's right. To the point where fucking Nakabara's get involved. Like, whoa, chill. What the fuck, dude? I mean, I know I said, what is our way anyway? I kind of just, I'm going against my whole creed here, <laughs> but that's too much. Right. So Nakabara finally, as he's come, like Casey's coming down with the thing on his skull, uh, throws in a bow staff and, you know, disrupts the blow and stops the match and tells him, what the fuck are you doing? What kind of dick have you become? Walk. And so they have a little powwow outside, and he's like, what's your story? What's the fucking excuse you got here? And Casey can't even say anything. He's like, great, because there's no fucking excuse. You're beating up on my top student. Do you even remember the firewalk? Do you even remember having calm in your mind? Right. We all know. We've done it. We've all done it at least a couple times in our life. The firewalk. We were so fucking angry. We need to get it out. Harness our chief. Harness our chi by walking across hot coals. We we don't start an episode without walking the hot coals. That's why that guy can't deliver the fucking packages. He's such a pussy. He can't because because we demand you take off your fucking what was it air balls? What the fuck was called? <laughs> birds. Air birds. <laughs> All. And walk across the. How do you keep it constantly like? At the right like temperature, it's like you're constantly working on that. I'm constantly working on it. It's there's a charcoal rotation, there's a hot rock rotation because the rocks hold the temperature. It's amazing. It's fascinating. I should do a YouTube video on it. You should. 
So Casey's like, all right, I'll do it. He's doing the walk, and he's he's putting one foot in front of the other, and soon you'll be walking out the door. But he keeps flashing back to things he's never seen, like the murder of his wife. He's actually seeing her murder somehow. Yeah. And... She like it, it, it's a very flashy effect. It's dark, and then she's very white, and her clothes are flowing off of her. But it's disrupting him, right? And he just walks off, and he's like, "I can't do it." This is the first shot we get of Casey without a shirt on, too. Yeah, pack jelly. Oh yeah. Ooh. Also, very nicely trimmed chest hair. You yeah, he trimmed it. Yeah. I, it was the same length as his face hair, though. I yeah, didn't like that. <laughs> Everything is stubble for him. That's got to be <laughs> fucking awful for Nico, though, because that's yeah. the kind of bristly shit. Think of that rubbing on your soft, gentle body. Maybe she likes it rough. She might. Know. She's going to look like, like a... It's like a loofah. It's like an abrasive. You know? <laughs> Gets all that dead skin <laughs> dead off. Dead skin off? <laughs> She's got the smoothest skin, yeah. thanks to him. Yeah. Oh. And so where do you go when you're pissed off, Griff? You go Cheers! To- where everybody knows your name and he goes to that bar and this is a very familiar bar we know this bar i hate to admit it but we fucking know this bar in the background we see a certain character lurking well we see a baseball cap lurking yeah floating atop the head of this guy just sitting on top of an awkward head of hair just it's floating. it's lauren avidon people yes he's in the background and we hear the voice of a nightingale we've heard, heard a million times before. She's honored. She finally made it to Thailand. She hasn't been to Thailand in years. Yes, people, it's one Miss Sue Manchu. Jesus, I'm waiting for suggestions. He's so nervous. I'm all the questions. His lips are dry. Where's Madame Pearl? She's Oh, God, that is a fucking lovely boy. It's nice to know she's still at it. 2013. Yeah, keeping, yeah. It's been 30 years, and she looks fucking great. Yeah. Like Mick Jagger, people say he looks great. No, Mick looks like shit. Yeah. Sue Manchu, though. Woo. Yeah, and that voice, she keeps it up. Oh, my God. Like, still well, hangles, no. Seven or eight octaves? I don't know. Uh, dude, I can't keep track of the octaves. And so we're in heaven, <laughs> but he's in hell because he's drunk on his... He's totally going American. He's like, put ice in my beer. This is this. Even is, though I, I'm totally, I gotta have ice in my. I'm not. I don't have ice now because I don't have. I'm drinking out of a can. But I'm sorry, people. You gotta have ice in your fucking drinks. Dude, ice in everything. I get it when you're buying a drink from somewhere and you don't want it to be watered down. You yeah, want to get the most but, for your money. Yeah, no, it was still. But like, anything I drink in my house, ice is in it. Got to. Oh my god. I can't, who wants to drink like? fucking room temperature any you of see me every time i make my cocktails yeah. for the show you put an ice cube in. oh it's yeah. so refreshing it hurts my teeth i have so <laughs> many fake teeth it hits the root oh that's the weirdest thing about having fake teeth is how it affects the weather so we're pro ice but in thailand you're, you're going against the grain so this guy notices that and he's like i'm gonna fuck with in thailand you're called gualo not guy jen it's gualo oh and nice. he's, he's like i gotta fuck with this gualo so he goes up Bumps in. Casey's getting ready to leave. I like this. You're blaming on. You're blaming on the Thai guy. Yes, he was totally fucking with Casey. Did you, how did you not read this any other way? I mean, Casey. It's, he, he, 
He could have let it go, but the guy bumps in the case. He spills his fucking ice on his shirt. Okay. And he just la- he doesn't say it's like excuse me. If he said I think if he said excuse me, Casey would have been all right. Maybe. But well, he just goes to the bar and goes, <laughs> You got beer on your shirt. You need a bib. Yeah, I'd be pissed off about that. That guy learned fucking English to make fun of him. He just, that's so, only that's amazing. That's, the only, that's why he bumps into people. That's the only English he knows. You need a bib. You need a bib. So the only way he can use it is by bumping into people. <laughs> so maybe he's just trying to learn some more English. All right. So, of course, a fight's going to break out. Right. Casey just bashes his head on the bar. His boys in the you know say, hey, that's our boy. We got to fucking beat the squallo up. Yeah. So Casey, even fuck, we've learned... Any kind of inebriation, crack fucking high, drunk, he's still a killing machine. Right. It's weird how we can turn it on and off because he just, once once that fucking fight or flight triggers in his brain, he is sober as a fucking bird. An all bird. And he starts fucking wrecking necks, and he stops one guy. He's like, punch me. Because he he's, he's so numb, he wants to feel something. Oh, Murray. He's full mocks. That is one. a Avenged Sevenfold song waiting to be written. <laughs> it's a five-finger death punch. There we go. Right. Yeah, there we go. He's full mocks right now. Yeah. Like, hit me! It'd be pretty fucking dope if you hit me. And the guy's like, what? And then I think he... Does he hit him? I don't even remember. He does. He hits him across the face. And does nothing. He no-sells it. And he just murders these guys. He just rages up even more and fucking roundhouses the guy... This is a total AEW fight because there's tables breaking everywhere. There's bottles. One guy has two pairs of bottles. There's a fucking, oh, my God, the Crown Royal comes back out and thumbtacks pour out of it. It's fucking obnoxious. But, no, it was a good fight. Yeah. All right. So he takes care of business, goes home. He's hung over his shit at his his little, little mat that he's sleeping on at the dojo. Right. And Lucas comes in and is going like, oh, this next morning. Yeah. Because this next morning, he's waking up. Casey, despite his little fight and getting drunk and everything, he wakes up, doesn't have the shits despite drinking, you know, fucking. The, it's, a, it's basically our Bud Light of beers, which, you know, gives you shits, horrible shits. Mm-hmm. Unless he drank two of them. I don't know. But he's walking out because he's got fruit duty. Right. He's just his, his time. Because it's about, you know, being in the dojo is about humility. Nobody's above doing chores. And his chore today is picking, like, I think they're pears or something. I think they were. And Lucas walks by, notices he's fucked up. He, right. And he still, even though he, Casey almost killed him the day before, he respects him enough to go, look, you look like shit. Let me do your pear picking. He even says it to him. Why would you do that for me after I beat the fuck out of you yesterday? Totally embarrassed you amongst all of your peers by putting you on the ground and beating you into a pulp, nerd. But Casey, he's just, or uh, Lucas, like, I don't need to explain it. Let me help you out here, brother. Takes the basket, heads out into the fucking fields to start, you know, pulling off the pears. And uh, when he gets out there... And I Kay- like that nice little tool they had. It was like a yeah, they had a little basket little... thing to pick them with. Yeah, it was like a lacrosse type. It, uh, wa- it was very thing. much like a lacrosse type. And as he's picking the pears, we see in the foreground just that whip, that barbed whip comes into frame. It was weird because it was like Casey was in bed sleeping it off again. Yeah. And he has flashes to it, or were they just trying to flash to it? I couldn't tell that. I thought he was still having more Namiko flashes. I like thought. He's still haunted by her. Well, he was, but I thought he had a flash over to <laughs> Lucas getting <laughs> murdered here. I think that's supposed to be like he's putting it. Did it happen after they found the bikes? Maybe he's putting it together. Maybe. Because, yes. It was during the. 
we see the character thinking it's Casey because it, he knows it's Casey's pear picking duties. So he, I guess he's kind of finishing his business by getting rid of Casey, the, the evil ninja. Yeah. And he fucking straight, like immediately, you mean how quickly that thing kills? Like he's just poking the neck. I don't know why right. they're like dying instantly. Unless there's right. poison on the barbs. I, I do get, I mean, we've been taught this. It's like as soon as you get hit with a knife in the chest, you can't make a noise. <laughs> so this thing's getting you around the throat. That makes sense. You can't make a peep. So uh, Lucas well, I'm is. I'm not saying noise, but they just die instantly. Yeah, that too. But it's like, you're it right. It takes a while to strangle you're, someone to death. You're right. Even. It would take a while, but it, it's that, and then it's Maybe, also. I'm going to say there's ninja poison on the barbs. Hey, why not? We have ninja poison in this movie coming up soon. So, so he dies. Everyone, there's a big commotion. Everyone finds the body. And uh, Casey comes running out. He notices Nakabara. They lock eyes, and then they head back to his uh, office where they right. kind of discuss everything that's going on. And Casey reveals Namiko had those same wounds. There must, there has to be a connection here. Somebody wants me dead. Nakabara kind of nods along, and then he's going to go into a history lesson for you. It's story time, baby. <laughs> Sorry, Murray. So, this is where I learned that Takeda, who was uh, Namiko's father, Casey's father-in-law, him... Nakibara's father and another guy started up a dojo after the war. There was a battle for who was going to run the dojo, and it turned out Takeda killed that other guy. Yes. And he had a brother, a little brother by the name of Goro, who swore revenge. And we met we met Goro earlier, and he did have a fucking whip with barbs on it. So we're like, all right, it's this trash. This is all adding up. As the audience, we're like, fuck. Couldn't it be any easier? So... Casey's like, oh my god, he he swore revenge. That's why he called killed Namiko because Takeda's dead. We got to get fucking Goro. I have to kill this Goro motherfucker. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I did kill two. When I think about, it, I did kill two innocent guys in that alley back there. But so what? Now I have to kill this guy. Because uh, Casey is trying to be like, why does this case involve me? Oh my God! Takeda is, of course, Namika Namiko's dad. So I'm his son-in-law. So they want to get through to me, and she got in the way. Oh, so I'll go to them and murder them instead it's of all them about me. me. See, this is why I'm kind of like I kind of hate Casey. That is very Segalian. I will give you that. Thank you, thank you. We're gonna. We're. I don't know how else. Anyway. So it's like I gotta kill this Goro guy now. Where can I find this guy? Well, he has a drug fortress in Burma, now Myanmar. So he's like, that's my next lead. He's like, I'm leaving Nakabara. And Nakabara's like, all right, I can see it in your eyes. You're going to do this. I want to help you. I can't leave my dojo. I got shit to do. But here's a map that my father left me. He's got a little scroll. He pulls it out. He points out. Well, Casey asks him, what are all these little marks on the map? Well, those are where his ninja compatriots died. Secret ninja of graveyard. Yes. And he buried all his ninja weapons. There. That's right. So you will be set. Oh, man. If you can find any of these, you're going to find all the fucking ninja shit. But before you leave, Gaijin, remember, the man who seeks revenge should dig two graves. And he leaves it at that because we all know the punchline of that. He digs one for his enemy and one for himself. Well, you know what Casey's response was, Murray, because it wasn't that. You're going to need a lot more than that. Do it as Gary Daniels now? 
That was a little too base. I they know. Do it. Is <laughs> they gonna need a lot more than that? <laughs> or Statham say, "There's gonna need a lot more than that." <laughs> Thank you. This is also because Murray. I'm sorry, I got to point it out. The first time we get to see Kane Kazuki without his fucking shirt on. Yeah, he's. Oh shit, man! He's fucking ripped. Yeah, he's a little more ripped than his dad. His dad never really had. Yeah, much of a body, I was get, like, we love obviously show, but right. fuck, Kane is. Got well, the, you're living in the shadow of a real life ninja. You got to go the extra mile, right? Like. I love that show was not afraid of being like a nerd in his movies. He'd show up in the fucking oversized polo and the dockers pulled way up and the big dork glasses, the hair that looked like a Lego design. He was all about that. Right. So, all right, we're in uh, Myanmar, formerly Burma. And this is where I meet the character. He says, he basically says Apu's name. And I'm going to seem like, you can call me Mike. I like that during this whole fucking name thing, Casey looks pissed. And so he's like, you can just call me Mike. And then Casey looks even more mad. He's like, you don't think I could speak your actual name? You're going to give me Mike? He's like Karen energy here, and I hated that about him. And he's like, do you want to go to the hotel? Take me to the market first. I have some business. So he heads to the market, and he goes on a spending spree. He's like, give me some of that, give me that. He buys like a fish, a flounder. He buys some dolls. We're like, what's going on? What is this? This makes no sense. He's buying these herbs and spices. He gets all the kernels, fucking 11 herbs and spices. That's right. Who did it look like again, Murray? Um, Seagal. That's a Seagal scene. He's fucking teaching them about all the fucking shit he's buying. Yeah, he's like, and he's ha- he's haggling, you know, because that's what you got to do in these places. You want to sell me that fish for twenty dollars? I'll give you two rupees. We see where COVID came from because we see a pile of like <laughs> eels just flying. Seaward, please. Well, nah, we just won't put this one up. Oh, we will. And Love so we just see some like it's a pile of eels right. Ugh, it was just like yeah, it was gross. I, it was a wet market. Let's just put it that way. It was very wet. In fact, yeah. everything had water dripping on it, like yes. the flea market I went to. And he take he he gets back. Mike he's Mike he's like, look, I want to hire you for a week. And he's like, well, I could do it for sixty American dollars. It's gonna be so very expensive. Sixty dollars? How about two hundred? Pulls out that wad. Mike is flipping his he's shit. Getting right on now. his knees, ready to suck his dick. Yeah, sir, I will do anything for you for two hundred dollars. All I'll need. Is for you to be here later tonight. There's some rundown. Like this is you gotta pay five bucks just to get sheets. Never mind the clean sheets. That's right. And he goes straight to his room. I I figured with all that shit he bought, he's gonna weave himself a bed. I don't know why he's he's he's, he's mixing a potion, a ninja potion. Is what he's oh. doing. He does ask Mike. You he gotta, does buy a mortar and pestle too. Yeah. By the way, to mix all these things. You got you got you got to throw in there that he does before he pays Mike the two hundred bucks. He's paying ahead of time. Yeah. Tells him, tell me everything you know about Goro. I don't know shit about Goro. Never heard of that guy. Now we go to the hotel room. Now we're mixing up fucking concoctions and poisons and ne- right. he's sharpening he, needles. Yeah, he's got he bought some like like marionettes or something, and he pulls out the little metal rods that were their arms and legs. Yeah. And he sharpens the ends. 
there's a lot of work in this montage. It does not pay off at all later Zero. in the movie. But he, he creates like little like wrist straps where he keeps these like little uh, spears he's made, darts. Right. And he's making like a poison for them. He, he like cuts out a certain part of the fish's like anatomy, puts like a blowfish type thing, puts that in there with some herbs and some spices, some yeah. oregano. Again, the kernel spices. I didn't know if you just add a little bit of this fish gut, it turns into some kind of horrible toxin. Yeah, it's poison. And he dips every one of those little darts into the poison. Right. And then he also creates some, like, pouches for them, too, because we see him throw them later. And, I mean, Griffin, I know this. When you really need some answers, where do you go to? Either a drug den or a whorehouse. And he chose whorehouse. So well, Ca- Mike chose it for him. Yes. Casey shows up at the whorehouse, immediately jumped on, and then hear it again she, she the fucking world tour keeps moving sue manchu is fo- she's on the casey tour every he goes she's there i just i love hearing sue it's so good i just can't get it out of i my wish ear. she would do more than just one rod stewart song like, do maggie or something like that yeah maggie that would be good but no she's just she's like hey this is my song my jam. Right. She just wants to make a living and she's making people happy. Well, when you're in a whorehouse, you kind of got to sing Do You Think I'm Sexy. It kind of goes together. It goes together. We could probably suggest some more Sphinx and Scale type music, though, Sue, if you're still at it. But it's great, as always. All right. So he's got his weapons all loaded up. Within five seconds. He's got his long sleeve shirt on, tucked into his dockers with the fucking uh, knit belt. Within seconds, some sketchy guy comes up to him. Yep. He's like... I know this guy doesn't want sex. This guy wants drugs. And he I did got... see him shoo away five different hookers. Right. So he's like, hey, my friend, you want to get high? And he's like, oh, I don't know. Yeah, it sounds good. Yeah. Let's, let's go out back. No, we do it here. If you want to get high, you come out back with me. Well, okay. <laughs> so we head on to Shady. It almost looks like a dock, but there's no water here. It's scary looking, though. Opens up the trunk of his car. Got every drug you'd want in this Kinjitashi case. Uh, Casey is trying to study everything about the boxes and the merch and all that, and he's just putting it into his brain. He notices a certain symbol, not for happiness, but he notices it, catalogs it in his brain. And now this is where we see somebody on any Etsy people out there get on this bandwagon. The most beautiful looking crack pipes I've ever seen. <laughs> They get they take a light bulb <laughs> and it's just like a glass pipe inserted where this part you screw into. And it's like I'm I was like I was watching it. How do you load this crack pipe off? That's you right. push it down the straw because it a, a, we all know what a crack. We all smoke crack. Come on, we're adults. We Come all on. smoke crack. We all smoke. We know what a crack pipe looks like. It's like a pipe. You gotta put you put the fucking crack in the the hole at the end. Yeah. This it's just a light bulb with a fucking straw sticking out of it. Yeah. It was amazing. And yeah. They, of course, the aesthetics were good. I the, mean, of course, the form did not follow function, but it looked good. Etsy, somebody, people, start selling, you'll, you'll sell out of these. What is it doing to its audience? It's making us talk about it. So they right. did. the props department did a fucking wonderful job. And this dealer, as dealers do, is pushing it on them. Just one. Getting that free you know, taste. Exactly. And he won't do it. Casey won't do it. So he's like, oh, are you a cop? He's like, do I look like a cop? <laughs> you totally look like a cop. Of course you fucking do. But he takes a hit, and then he's his head's getting all whirly from that one hit five seconds later. And he starts going, tell me about Goro. 
What is that, my brother? You want to know about Goro? And we see through his haze, because now we're seeing through first-person Casey view, and he's high on drugs, that he's being surrounded by goons. Right. And they start moving in. Casey, he's, he's like, I'm going to get out of here because I'm fucked up. And the dealer's like, you're not going anywhere. He's talking about, you're asking about Goro. That's right. And he lunges at Casey with a knife, nicks his neck, cuts off some of that stubble. That sets Casey oh, up. Oh, you can't fucking fuck How much fuck he's been working stubble. on that stubble? That's right. Grooming that stubble? That's right. See, sometimes that's the, that's the thing. People think having a beard is easy, but easier than to, like shaving all the time. But no, because if you like a tight fucking beard like Casey has, you have to work on that shit. You gotta Every use day. like a fucking like protractor and shit to get the right angles. Uh, he's got the shading perfect too, so it's like he does actually have to do little death lines and everything. It's amazing. Alright, so we saw that whole like five minute montage of creating these darts with his fucking he's this Stabs people with him, and they just pull him out and like whatever. Does, does he stab them? Yes. Or? Okay. He I stabs the a couple because he, he puts it in each hand. He pulls it out, stabs them in the in the shoulder, okay. left shoulder. Okay. I did and see they that. just get like annoyed by it. Like I wanted to see these guys foaming at the mouth and convulsing as soon as this poison hits them. No, right. they just yank it out and continue fighting. Right. It was so annoying. So this fight goes on and again, just like when he was uh, drunk earlier. When he's in fight or flight mode. He sees clearly. It's his instinct. He's working yeah. on pure instinct. So, it, well, like Van Damme and Bloodsport, when he's blinded, it just didn't matter. He beat the fuck out of the top guy, even blind. Uh, so he's beating the shit out of everybody. Killing people. Yeah, killing. Well, and he leaves, and the 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 drug dealer comes down with a knife. He disarms him, and he lets he don't let the guy go. Ask he, him a question. Right. He learns. Uh, everybody knows Goro, but nobody meets him, and so he's just. Fed up with this shit, leaves the guy, he's trying to walk away, but the drug dealer gets back up and charges at him. And he just turns around, disarms, takes the guy's knife from him, stabs him in the chest. That's right. Dead. Goes back home, he's puking up all that crack. That's right. He's just <laughs> hugging the toilet, and this is where some soldiers come in. Like, apparently, Goru got the note. They the do news. a whole thing where it's like he falls asleep on the toilet, so sometimes elapsed here, but yeah, uh, wakes up to... Hearing soldiers running right. through this, this Casey sense is tangling. Yeah, so he shirtless jumps out, peck jellied up. Yep, we just have a scene where they're going because he's they're very like tight, tight. The architecture is very tightly packed, so he's going up in, like staircases, fighting dudes, dodging bullets. We got drop kicks happening. He's flipping people over. He's avoiding gunfire. It's you know again, it's still a cool action scene. Right. I mean, this is what you. This is what you, if you're watching Scott Atkins movie, I'm guessing this is what you come for to see the action scenes. So there are a lot of them. Yeah. And, but eventually it's too much. He gets cornered and they take him down. That's right. And he they think, arrest he, him. He thinks he gets away on a rooftop, but, you know, the, the rooftop is the worst place. We've talked about it a billion times. Stop running to the rooftop. Yeah. That's where, where, where he gets go? caught. Where do you go from there? Right. You are you just going to jump onto the ground? Yeah. Fucking nine stories? No. So he's taken to the SPDC HQ. Mike watches and even follows along. And we're like, what? Did Mike rat him out? Of course he did. So inside, Casey is going to be stripped, uh, stripped, strapped to a wooden chair. So I was like, okay, he's going to rip out of that fucking chair. Yeah, he's going to be questioned. They're American. Why are you a man, Martin? He's like, I came for the sex tourism. You know? 
Isn't that why everybody goes to Thailand? Exactly. This is Myanmar. And they're like, so. we know you're not here. We saw you. We you didn't see you fuck any women. We saw you reject some women. Yeah, exactly. And then you were smoking crack like a baby. Uh, and then he quickly turns the story to Goro. Yeah, he's like, why are you asking about Goro? Why are you asking about Goro? Casey literally threw that back at him. Why are you asking about Goro? And then he goes to his torture guy, bring the cart. And the guy, he says a cart of irons. Cloth irons or whatever they're Cloth, called. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's clothing iron. And he's like, you better stop asking questions, Guolo, or you're going to get burned. That's and right. he's like, hey, bring it. So the guy brings it, spits on it to let you see it sizzle. And he's like, tell us what you know, American. All I'm here is for fucking to fuck little kids. That's it. I'm just here for that. And they're like, we don't believe you. So <laughs> they just... Fucking go on his calf with that fucking iron. His calf. Not they don't do two. They've got nine irons. They just do one on his calf. And they keep applying it. And we see Casey. One time they put a grilled cheese sandwich in between his calf and the iron. It tasted I bet it tasted really good. It looked good. I did like when they pulled the sandwich away and the cheese was <laughs> dripping out and the, and the fucking general actually just ate the cheese. And he's like, Peeled man. the cheese off the iron. He's like, your American cheese mixed with Munster cheese is a it masterpiece. Is. American cheese, even though it's not really cheese, it's vegetable oil. Yeah. Perfect grilled cheese sandwich It cheese. is perfect. But put Munster on it, too. Okay. It's really fucking good, done. Now we're And talking. he just passes out. He does. He no-sells it. He's like, I'm not telling you anything. I'm just here to fuck little kids. And he passes out. Doesn't take the pin. He passed out. Wakes up in just like, a, like another room. The guys are talking. Wow, that Guala, he really took that iron. And they look back, and he's gone. They don't. They don't know where Casey is. We better go look for him. They. they it's just one room, and they somehow. Oh, by lost the way, him. the one that kept him from not, um, not giving up his plan was he kept thinking about Namiko. Namiko, yes. That flashback. Right, the same flashback. So uh, yeah, and he just leaps out of the shadows, takes care of these guys, puts on their uniform. One of them happens to be his size, so. even though he's like twice the size of every guy. Every in this person thing. here, yeah. yeah. Uh, puts on his uniform, starts sneaking through, and we're like, oh, man, we're going to have some close calls. It's going to be real tense here. Walks by a group of people watching a cockfight. Yeah, as you do, and you know. Right into the general's office. And they're all just, in, they're just all eyes gore. on the yeah. cockfight. They That's love it. that cock. They're looking at some cock. That's right. Their eyes cannot get off that cock. I love that the, the fighting ground that they work on is the Colonel's 11 Herbs and Spices. Right, yeah. That's the fucking makeup for the ground. Yeah, well, that's... That's how they make the fucking chicken, Griff. They fight. <laughs> it's like the blood and the 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 the, the angry emotions of the. Well, I, don't know, I don't know. If, I don't know if chicken sweat, but do they sweat? I don't know. Uh, I don't think they sweat. I don't think they do. Chick chickenachrome. So gross. I think God like dogs don't sweat because they'd be grosser than they, they, they really yeah. are. Yeah, the drool is bad enough. Yeah. So yeah, that's how they do it. So they're rolling around the herbs and spices. They're fighting. That's right. That's how it tastes so good. That's You're tasting why. the tasting the the fear, the yeah. anger, and the or the spices. Every emotion goes into every piece of chicken. Right. I love it. So yeah, he just walks into because he's got to get some more. He, he knows that the captain knows about Goro, so he's got to get Goro's location. So he goes into the captain's room. Yeah, just walks right in. Captain's vegetarian, so he doesn't. He's not interested in the cockfight. That's right. Uh, starts beating the shit out of the general because he's an old man. A lot of Casey's opponents in Thailand are old men. Goro, by the way, <laughs> old man. Well, yeah, because his his brother was in World War Two, and he was a kid, but he's still eighty years old. <laughs> yes. 
and yeah, so he beats the fucking location of Goro's compound out of him. Right. He get, he gets like another lead, and he heads out. And as he's heading out, he spots Mike, and he's suspicious of Mike. Mike is arguing with a guy about getting paid. That's right. And he's like, hey, man, we agreed to this. And the guy's like, get the fuck out of here. Just take this and leave. Right. So we now know officially that Mike stole Casey out. That's right. So Mike, uh, Casey uh, sneaks his way into Mike's car, lets him drive out of the compound, and then reveals himself and puts his wiener away and tells him, motherfucker, puts you his sold cock me. away. Puts his cock away. Motherfucker, you sold me out. And... Mike Lakes breaks it down. He's like, look, I did what I had to do, all right? I'm fucking living off a dollar a day out here, all right? I didn't sell you out. I got paid. It's hard out here. Wasn't that the definition of selling somebody out, getting paid? It's like, you know, you got you to gotta make these little slants and slopes for yourself. Well, yeah, he's just like, look, you try to live being a taxi driver in fucking Myanmar. Yeah. And he's like... I guess you got a point. All right, just take me to a boatman. Is Caron around here? I got a coin for him. That's right. So <laughs> I just caught what you did they there. They go to the River Sticks. Caron's waiting for him. Hands him a coin. I actually you know what he did. He handed him that necklace. That's right. Happiness. Caron's like, wow. I liked it because Caron, for the first time, had a smile on his face. Yeah. Put a smile on your face. He's Caron, not Karen. Oh, excuse me. So he he takes him out to the. The general area of the compound drops Casey off. Casey's in the jungle now. Running through the jungle. He's bungling in the jungle. Bungling in the jungle. Spots a scorpion because you got to have a fuck at Thailand. Yeah, you scorpions. Got to see all the dangerous fucking animals that live there. And you got to see that Casey is cool, calm, and collect about the Another whole thing. Another callback to Clash of Titans, giant scorpion. That's right. And he's just like he's sleeping for the night. He starts a little campfire. Yep. And you know eating. that's danger because he's on fucking Drug Island. Right. He makes his guys little canned peaches. He's eating them. Millions of peaches. Peaches for me. And then he's studying sleep. the map. Falls asleep. The 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 fire goes down, but there's a little smoke coming off. It alerted Goro's guards. They smell those peaches. Those yeah. are Georgia peaches. They don't have those in Myanmar. Wow. And. Uh, they're ready to kill him, but he he he's ninja senses set him off. So he's hiding. We just have like they're just shooting at him. He takes taking him out one by one. He is a ninja after all. Very predator like, you know. He's getting behind him. He's stabbing them in the heart and everything. Or I should say, hard target more so. Stabbing him in the heart, and then finally we start getting some gunfire. But it's all right. It's too late. He's already got him basically outnumbered at that point. So a guy throws a grenade at him. He leaps, you know, out of the out of the way. And then he pulls out, he's got the baggie of the 11 herbs and spices. He shakes it up. With a little chicken blood in it. Which, if you didn't know this, Griff, if you shake the spices up, it becomes volatile. Oh, my God. So he just hurls the bag at one of the guards. It explodes on his face, skin melting off. He's just, like, freaking out. This is what I started doing, is you work backward from the C4 recipe to get the Colonel's secret recipe. It's just that one tiny ingredient, which we're not going to say because we don't want anybody using That's this. That's right. One, there's only one ingredient between C4 and the girl's herbs and spice. That's right. It's salt. I'm going to say it. It's salt. <laughs> it's pink Himalayan <laughs> sea salt. The colonel found it first. So that guy, he's just melting, basically. Casey puts him out of misery, throws a knife, it hits him in the heart. That's right. <laughs> takes the fucking gun, it takes some of the grenades, and off to that ninja graveyard. That's right. Of course, he's going to happen on one of them. Nakabar told him, look for this symbol. 
He finds the these, symbol. These they're 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 literally like in pine boxes, two inches below ground. Yet for eighty years, none of the wood is rotted. This Nothing. is some, this is mahogany. This is some kind of hardwood. Pristine. Opens it up, and sure enough, all the weapons, the ninja weapons you need, are all in these. He found the guy who was six foot two, stubbly chin, and everything. So the ninja gear, which it looked too much like tactical gear, though. Yeah. It wasn't a basically like ninja tabby. It had like a what looked like harnesses and weird shit. But remember, this movie's called Ninja Two, so we at least have one scene with someone's dressed as a ninja. Yeah, and this is yes. the one scene we get outside of the little narration clip. Yeah. So he he finds a photo. I don't know. Is it was it supposed to be Namiko as a child? It's somebody, it's some child with a woman. I believe it was supposed to be. It might not have been. It might have just been any dead soldier who had a wife back home with a child. That's what I think. But, but I immediately thought, and it was a Polaroid, which yeah. he did not have in World War Two. So I, I was thrown off by. But that. of course, Casey did think about it as Namiko and his. Yeah, uh, he puts it know. together. Child. Can't get over. Get over it, Casey. She's dead. So that night, he's cleaning. He's putting the the swords are all in pieces. He's putting them together, putting the hilt on the handguard. We don't have good music here. We just hear like. Yeah, while it's happening, Colbert is going about his business. He's in his fucking world, right? This he's like, hey, what's going on? He's like checking it out. Colbert's just looking at it. Oh, sorry. fucking Casey just has to show off what a badass he is. So he just. Puts the sword together, chops the cobra's head off. Right. Uh, I. You know what? I thought this was a little too metaphorical of the fucking scene at the bar. She's got the shit, so I got to let her out. Okay. Give me a second here. Hold on. Dog break real quick. All right. So, okay. We, ki- we kill the cobra. We don't even fucking eat it. We don't honor it in any way. We don't, don't drink really, the blood. We yeah, nothing. We don't smear it across our eyes to you. You know, do like the fucking uh, what are they? Uh, whatever. Paint. Yeah. So Casey's all ninjas up. He's got his ninja costume on. He makes it to the Goro's fortress, but before he must enter the fortress, what do you do if you're a ninja? Uh, the four powers of the ninja. Uh, a little more. Six. <laughs> Little more. Eight. Little more. Nine. Exactly. I'm not gonna bore you guys with what the nine powers are. We all know. We all do it every morning. That's right. The nine powers with the hand gestures. He does it, and now his ninja powers are at their full capabilities. Now to enter the fortress. First thing he does, he sees a guard on the top of the gate, gets that ninja blow dart, <laughs> takes him out. Then he's got the grappling hook. Goes pulls himself up. He's got a whole fucking. He's looking down on everybody now. He can skulk his way around. While he's doing that, Goro, he's in his little office with his main hench, playing a little game of chess. That's all right. His fucking henchman thinks he's finally got Goro. He's never beaten Goro ever. He go. He moves the king. Goro moves a pawn. Fucking wins it with that. Right, and he's going on. Goro's telling him like. They're having this whole discussion about the drug business, and his top dog is telling him, like, you got no fucking competition anymore. Our you, fucking rates are through the roof. Like, you worry too much, Goro. Right. Goro's and, like, you should never stop worrying. Yeah, yeah. Goro says, you know what really bothers me? At the end of this game, and then he does the pawn and beats the fucking guy. How do you lose to a pawn? And he tells him, even at the end of this, we all go in the same bag. And then after our jaws were dropped, we 
we, we took a minute. We reflected. We said, wow, that was deep. Back to the action. Casey's taking out the fucking bad guys. He's got those little hand size. He's chopping dudes yeah. with them. He there's like uh, the guys are like partying inside. Like they're they're like where they sleep. Yeah, just throws a grenade in there, blows them up. There's gas. There's canisters of gas everywhere. I, this is when I was watching the second time. I was like, man, they they just have gas everywhere. They're ready for Mad Max Apocalypse. <laughs> right. They saw Road Warrior. They listened to our episode. You yes. should too. And they're like, I'm not gonna get caught like that. <laughs> so he's blowing shit up. Everyone's basically killed, but Goro and his hench. His hench is like, I'll take care of it. Right. Goes out. This is where we have another another great fight scene between uh, Casey and uh, Hench. Yeah, top Hench guy knows his shit. We got fire in the background. Hench pulls out uh, a sword right away. Or no, Casey pulls out the sword. Hench fucking takes the sword away from him. They start going hand to hand for a while there. Um, fights quite even, but... Um, Hench gets hold of the mask, rips it off. That's the last we ever see of a ninja for the rest of the movie. That's right. Like you said, he said they're going back and forth, but eventually, of course, this we can't. Scott Atkins is a star, so right. he gets the better of the guy. He like, steals the knife off the guy. It's that same knife he cut somebody's hand off with. The hench goes for like a straight kick on him. He catches his leg, stabs him in the thigh with the knife, and then that's where it's the beginning of the end for hench. Right. Goro's fucking uh, office is on fire now. He's chill, though. He's just sitting on his knees. He's got his little whip thing in front of him. Right, he's waiting. And Casey walks in, finally, the guy I've been looking for. That's right. Introduces himself. I'm Takeda's son-in-law. I know you've been going after everybody Takeda was ever, you know, fond of. And he gets a shuriken to the chest for that. It's on now. Casey pulls out his sword. They're fighting. Back and forth. Casey managed to actually hit Goro, so Goro's like, fuck, I gotta take you seriously here. Yeah, I'm not gonna use my whip. I'm gonna use the sword of my own. Again, after, you know, he's going toe-to-toe with an 80-year-old man. 80-year-old ninja, though. Like, okay, good point. So that's like 30 for normal years. So they're going back and forth with the swords. Goro pulls out that knife, gets it around Casey's neck, but Casey puts gets the sword in between his neck and the 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 whip so he's not getting choked they're struggling they're struggling manages to like throw him over and i mean that's the beginning of the end of a goro yeah, flips him over his back goro's down whoosh, chops goro's head off that's right finally it's over with he's finally avenged namiko or he, has he yeah he returns home to well this new home i guess i don't know what to call it he returns to nakabara and he's all excited. He's like, I finally got my wife's revenge. This is the wait best day Wait till you hear the story. And like, was like, I can't wait. I can't wait. And then all of a sudden, FedEx, I'm going to just sign for this. I just put it by the door. And the guy's bending down to put it by the door. Casey notices a little knife in his back pocket. Dun, with, dun. With a very familiar symbol he's seen throughout this movie, which does not mean happiness. I don't know. what Did they ever say what it meant? Uh, yeah. Was it's it? right there in the notes. Because Casey calls out oh, to the guy, right. what, like, does that, what does that symbol mean? And he mean? goes, no apologies. It's by my favorite band. You probably never heard of them. They're called Nirvana. Oh. But you probably never heard of them because they're pretty, uh, pretty obscure. Oh, I am wearing no, a Nirvana shirt right no now. No apologies. I've heard every Nirvana Is song. my favorite song by them. But you probably never heard of them. You check them out. 
And then Casey's like, wait, I have heard of Nirvana. And then he looks over at Nakabura, and Nakabura's like, you got it. You found me out. <laughs> I was behind it all, my friend. He Casey then goes, wait, what are your fuck? What's your mantra? Thrive in the shadows while your enemies die in the sunlight? I don't know how the fuck Casey put this together by seeing a, a knife that said no apologies. Right. I don't know, but he did. Yeah. I, and fucking Nakibara, this is where he fucking, he tw- this is the twist of Kane. Because he's just like, yep, it's me. I did it. Fucking Goro was getting a little too uppity. He was taking, he was horning in on our territory. That's right. I needed somebody. I knew you were the perfect weapon. So I, sorry, Boro, I had to kill your wife to motivate you. That's Because we right. know that's the only way we can motivate you. He probably could have deflected this, but he went, no, I'm going to be honest with you. I killed your wife to motivate you to go and kill my drug rival. And we only there's only two options left. You either join me in the drug trade or one of us dies. All right, so a fight's going to break out here. We're breaking the desk. They're going full Eric Andre. They're just destroying the set. It kind of reminded me of the, f- the last fight in No Retreat, No Surrender 2, I believe, with yeah. Avedon versus Matthias Hughes. So they were also fighting with the, the desk. The big wrestler guy? Yeah. Yeah. And they're going back and forth, and Casey just kicks Nakibaro through the wall. Yes. Into his little like Buddhist golden Buddhist shrine room with all these weapons and everything. Right, like earlier I thought on, it was a secret room, but then again, later on, we see a window that looks right into this room. Yeah, yeah but. like Nakabaro, when he had uh, Casey in the office earlier, told him, like, that's where my dad was collecting his antique. So he, like, it was one of those things where he's hiding it in plain sight. He he told everybody about it. So, like I said, we get a good, you know, these guys know their shit. I mean, you're the son of Shokazugi. You got to know your shit. And the Scott Atkins knows his shit. So they're going, you know, nothing more great action. And uh, it's, it's they're, they're going for swords. Yes. Might, uh, there's, there's a moment where Nakibura gets a sword. So what does uh, Casey do? His move, his, the bow staff is bow his staff. Staff. He pulls that out, gets it chopped in half. He's doing the fucking like double stick, yep. stick thing. Or I, I should say the David Hasselhoff Q66. Remember when he got like the broomstick cut in half? That was amazing. Beat up by Avedon. David later. Hasselhoff did it a little better than Casey, but well, he does. That's kind of obvious. Yeah, it's Hass's thing though. So, you know, they're going back and forth. Fucking Nakamura's like, I can't beat this guy. I got to go for my fucking whip. Well, first he does he does the Darth Maul move. Yeah. He pulls out another sword and connects them. It was very weird. They do a zoom in, and it's like a little thing reaches out, grabs them, and puts the two sword butts together. Right. And that makes us more menacing because it does. It did for Darth Maul. That's right. That's all people remember about the guy. That's right. And But it's not enough for Casey, so... He disconnects him. He's fighting with two swords again. Uh, Nakimura takes a slash across his like his stomach. Nak- yeah, Naka gets hit, realizes, like, wait, my two-blade technique is not working out as I planned it would. So he disassembles his swords and chucks one at Casey. It fucking hits him in the shoulder. Went right through. The left shoulder. He'll be all right. That's all right. And then Casey just hits with a flood of emotions. He remembers all about, and, you know, he always goes back to that that scene of of uh, Nico saying she's pregnant. Yeah, he's laying down, back down to the floor, looking up. Looks to the side. He sees that whip, that barb whip, and he's like, "This is too poetic. I have to kill my enemy 
with a weapon that killed my wife. So it just so happens that Nakabara's running over to like do a jumping stab down on him, rolls out of the way, grabs the whip. This immediately whips him around the neck. They don't even do any kind of cool moves with the whip. We don't even need to know that Casey's training this. Whips, it just happens. Yeah, whips Nakabara on the neck, instantly kills him, falls down. He's all fucked up. He, like, stumbles out of the room. Uh, one of the students walks in, like, what the fuck's going on here? That's right. And he's like, he's like, you, he sees, he looks down, he sees the, the fucking, his dead master. He sees Casey. He's like, I think you had, did you kill him? <laughs> and then he's like, hey, see that FedEx box? Open it up. Right. He just says, open that box. And the guy's like, yeah, okay. Blades it open. I love how the way they're, they're, it's so ingenious the way they're smuggling shit. It's a gigantic box with a tiny little, like, thing on top that has, like, two scrolls on it. And then you pull it off and it's just <laughs> full overfilling with drugs. It's the exact opposite of drugs are probably hidden in plain Yeah. And he's like, Shh, whoa, shit. We can get, we can get high tonight, but still. We knew nothing about this. We thought we were just an honest dojo. We, I mean, we were learning to be ruthless killers, but we thought we were doing it honorably. That's right. We don't do. We just say no here. I, every lesson I learned along the way, I kind of started to hear it on the second viewing. It was like, wow, Nakabara's not trained these guys to be cool. He's training them to be fucking ruthless ninjas. Yeah. Well, because ninjas are ruthless, everybody. There's no honor there. And he's like. All right, Casey, how about we do this? We'll let you live, but no word about what our master did. We can't. We got a reputation here, right? We're building. We just opened up at the fucking Summer Up Mall in Japan, a dojo. That's right. We can't have this crumble. There's little kids signing up. Little kids. Used to be quiet. We'll be quiet. And that's it. And he walks out. He stumbles out. Just walk away. All the students are there. We're waiting for another fight, but they part ways. Like They part like the Red Sea. They let Casey walk through. Makes it back to Japan. He's at that 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 park where I guess him and Namiko spent a lot of time together. Namiko's favorite spot. Pulls out that ugly medallion with the symbol of happiness. Drops it in the water. He's finally ready to move on. Is he trying to say all my happiness is gone? No, he's ready. He's ready for the next chapter of his life. Is he at a meeting? He's ready Japanese for Japanese girl. He's ready for Ninja Three. A bigger titted Japanese girl. Well, that's hard to find. So I best of luck with that, Casey. <laughs> so that's even harder to find a big titty goth girl big titty Japanese girl pretty hard yeah yeah. yeah. but you should that doesn't mean you should stop trying yeah never always stop look for the big titty Japanese girl in your heart <laughs> that's what I'm trying to say always strive <sighs> never always strive in the shadows while other people are dying in the sunlight that's right the shadows is where goth people would be. Exactly. That's where you're going to find the big-titted one. All right. There you go, people. Don't say we don't give you guys some treat. We don't, we're not living in the past all the time, that's all right? right? Well, even though this movie's technically 10 years old, that's like six months old to Griffin and I. That is. Because we don't fuck with the 2000s usually ever. But we did it for you guys. I said, hey, let's not be fuddy-duddies. Let's see what these kids are talking about. Let's try out these new action guys. We gave Scott Atkins a try. We're if, willing to dip our toes again in the Atkins if this, pool. If you guys like it and this does well, we will go. We'll go into because I'm sure you guys are going to inundate us with, no, this is the, the, the ultimate Scott Atkins movie. Right. And we're open to it. I didn't see a computer hacker in this movie. No, you didn't. I didn't see, like, 
a friendly face in this movie, basically. Su Manchu is in it, so that points. Yeah. What other points can we get? Well, this I had Kane, and I'm glad. I'm happy to see Kane is in it. Kane, obviously, that's a big point. I mean, if, I don't know, man. I think the ultimate swerve would have been. It turned out he pulls his face off, and it's Shane underneath. Dude, now we're talking. Yeah. Where's Kane? Then three is him trying to find the lost good brother. Oh, that's good. Or it could have been set up three as Shane's got to get revenge for his brother Kane. Yes. Okay. But he didn't need a ton of henches. There's no way Shane can do anything. No. So not not a single thing. But yeah, he'd be like some kind of fucking general losing all of his money on Mahjong or something. Yeah. yeah. So or, yeah, I could see him selling crack in a light bulb. Yeah. That would have been the great the great role for Shane. He could have been that guy. Right. All right. So. Next week, I've been wanting to do a Stallone movie. We haven't done. When's the last time we did a Stallone movie? Forever, forever. I think it was Rambo too. Yeah, and that was like over a year ago. That sounds right. And then I heard some sad news, people. I know everybody seems to think we hate Dolph Lundgren. No, we don't. Like we we want to root for Dolph, but much like Scott Atkins, he has that charisma imbalance going he on. He does. So it's I like some, low T for charisma. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> He needs some Andrew Tate charisma, <laughs> which is just apparently a standing around shirtless, yeah, like pacing. That's I mean, he like. does have the biggest alpha move, having Brandon Lee tell him he has the biggest dick he's or ever is seen. Is it the ultimate beta man. move to have a man have to tell you that? Good question. But I don't. We don't hate on Dolph. We're always willing to give him another chance. We've done like five or six Dolph movies, and I heard sad news. I hate to. I hate to be the bringer of bad news, but he's golf has been dealing with cancer secretly for the past eight years. Damn. And it sounds like it's terminal. Like he's right. not, he was he I guess he got like a two to three year diagnosis and he's lived right. for eight. So he's he's been living on bar time for a while. We don't want to see Dolph go, but it's probably gonna happen. He did get himself a big titty goth girl though. Yeah, and if you're gonna die, die in the bosoms of a big titty goth girl. So yes, we're gonna do the movie that has both Stallone and and Dolph, the movie that introduced the world to Dolph, and we're gonna get some sweet Carl Weathers too. Oh my God! I that's hope there's right. an Eminem shot. If you're a real fan, you know what that means. Wouldn't that be amazing if we somehow forgot about the Eminem shot in Rambo or Rambo? Rocky Four. You might have gotten it from Stallone. We don't know. We might, yeah. I think Stallone directed this. I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, we're doing Rocky Four, everybody, next week. I think this this is our first like. Boxing movie, I think. Well, yeah, we've done shitload of like martial arts. No, movie. I uh, didn't. Didn't Penitentiary Three have boxing in it? Yes, it's yeah. our second or one. two. Penitentiary three. Two. No, it was three. It was three. Okay. Two has Mr. T in it, which is it with another connection. It's Stallone. Yeah. So yeah, we'll, we're doing Rocky Four next week. Uh, take care of yourself, Dolph, and we'll see you next week. Keep it warm. <laughs>